On today's episode, brother, we're going to talk about some pro wrestling, brother. We're going to discuss the retirement of the dead man, The Undertaker. What made wrestling so much fun to watch when we were younger, brother? And how can wrestling survive in the age of COVID-19, brother? So lace up your boots and come down to the ring so that we like it so what gang can stop a mud hole in your candy ass, brother. Yeah, that was good. the way it should be done. Perhaps I've been too nice. Perhaps I've been trying to be a real, a real sports, a real gentleman. Now, Tully Blanchard, I want you. It's not Uncle Sam talking to you. It's Ronnie Garvin. I want you, and I'm going to get you. I'm going to have you. I'm going to get to touch your body. I'm not just making promises. I'm telling something that is going to be done, something that's going to happen in the future. Because bones do heal, but I've got a memory like an elephant, and I can do it like an elephant. (laughs) (laughs) A memory like an elephant. What you what you just heard was a a promo from Hands of Stone, Ronnie Garvin. Bones do heals from back in the day. This is we like it. So what? Coming at you live, Daddy. And we're gonna touch your body because bones do <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. heal. We can't can't do that. This we'll is uh, because we want you, and we're, we're gonna t- have that's right. This is the Me Too era. You can't have that. I'm gonna touch your body. <laughs> I've got the memory of an elephant, and, and I can else? do it like an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Woo. welcome to We Like It. So what? I'm Jamal Murphy. I'm Eric Bethel, and I'm Terry Gravely. T- Terry Gravely. Yeah. Okay. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're here recording another episode, and it's it's a new month, guys. It is now, July. Same old oh, shit. Yeah, first half of twenty twenty is I guess is in the books. Twenty twenty, if if you want to call it that. Not exactly the best best year so far. Fuck no, it's been a shit show. So we'll see what the second half brings you know yeah i mean they had us in the first half i'm not not gonna lie i think they're gonna keep whooping our ass in the second half yeah <laughs> so yeah. so yeah we'll see we're gonna take a big l this year yeah now i don't know about you guys have you have you guys heard fireworks going off like every night i live in the country so luckily i have not nope i feel like every night of the week i've heard them go off and i've heard like this could be Related to these protests and some kind of psychological operation in terms of just all these fireworks going off is getting people conditioned for those noises and whatnot. So I don't know if it's just a a police related thing or if it's just people are in the fireworks buying mood. So or maybe somebody's trying to start their own backyard wrestling federation here in your complex. Could be somebody's uh, entrance. Yeah, that's right. So you're hearing somebody's entrance. Homemade pyro, man. Yeah. Say it, that just, be it. just please, whatever you do, get out the way, Terry. <laughs> in case I have not seen that video. Put it in reverse, Terry. Put it Fucking in reverse. Hilarious. <laughs> get out the way, Terry. <laughs> Terry, what are you doing? So yeah, I can 
get to the particulars now that yes. remind people they can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at we like it. So what it's all one word. So keep track of all the latest goings on and we like it. So what enterprises, all the shenanigans, all the fun, all the behind the scenes looks. Right. We like it. So what enterprises incorporated Yeah, when, when new episodes drop as the kids like to say, yeah, because we drop that fire. We do. On, on occasion. It's lit. <laughs> it's lit, fam. So yeah, we uh we talk about <laughs> rap wrestling, pro, yeah. pro wrestling on occasion on this uh on the show. Yeah. And a couple of interesting developments have happened in the in the world of wrestling. Our man The Undertaker recently retired. Yeah, man. Made long, or did he? I was gonna say he? maybe. He he or can't he? he he can't turn it off, man. Nope. Every time we think it's the last time, there's one more time. Yep. The dead man rises again. Yep. I think it's time to hang it up. I would like to see him ride off into the sunset, as Stone Cold Steve Austin puts it. That's what. That's how he ends his podcast. Yeah. It's time to ride off into the sunset. I think that's what Undertaker should do. Yeah. I, I mean, mean if, if, his, if his documentary series, which is fantastic, by the way, called The Last Ride, you know, how apropos is that? Yeah. Uh, if that's any indication, then maybe he is done because he said that he wanted to give his family what he gave the business, which is all of his time. You know, I mean, he, he lived and breathed his gimmick for years. And what makes this documentary so special is that you actually get to see him as Mark Calloway and not as the dead man. He's a regular dude. Yeah. It's like, Everybody else, he's got a beautiful wife. Jesus Christ. Just in case anybody didn't know. Yeah. His wife is all the way live. Yeah, Michelle McCool. Yeah, man. And that Michelle is McCool Callum. Michelle McCool. So he's married. I didn't know. Yeah, this. been married for years, man. Okay. Yeah. But um but uh, it, it was it was pretty interesting seeing a peek behind the curtain. Uh you know, seeing his his process like before his matches, seeing the camaraderie and the respect that all the other uh, wrestlers have for him, learning about his perspectives on the business, past and present and future, uh, it was it was fantastic. And also seeing the amount of loyalty and love that Vince McMahon has for this guy. Right. That was I mean that was some pretty powerful shit. Um. And also, of course, you have, you know, words from his contemporaries, you know, Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, Triple H, you know, all those guys uh, have just the utmost respect for him, which it's fair to say that he is probably the greatest character in the history of pro wrestling. And I think as long as I've known about The Undertaker, he's – He's always been the Undertaker. That's right. But obviously, when he started his career, he was Mean Mark. Yep. Mean Mark Callis mean Mark from Callis. WCW. Yep. But I think him transforming into the Undertaker was about the most consistent, long-running character we've seen in wrestling. Now, obviously, he's had different versions yeah. of the Undertaker. He's, he evolved, basically. Yeah. But he's you know he's always been that guy. Mm-hmm. And there's been a couple of times where I, where I really did think, you know, Okay, this match is it. This mm-hmm. is going to be the last one. He kept kept the streak alive for almost twenty years now at WrestleMania. 
And I kept thinking his match with Brock Lesnar, maybe this will be the one. You know, the twenty the twenty one and one mm-hmm. streak. You know, maybe it's time for it to come to an end. But, you know, obviously that has not happened. So he's had several matches over the last few years that even those matches we thought, okay, this will be it. Maybe this will be the last one. The match with Roman. Yeah. Where he took off his gear and put it in the center of the ring. We thought that was it. Yeah, and usually in, in the wrestling business, once you remove your boots or your gear and place it in the center of the ring, that's a a signal that you're you're done. That's your last match. But for some people, it isn't. Yep. And it's interesting to see the effect the Undertaker's kind of had on superstars, you know, of today and even from way back when and all those matches. And I think he's left, you know, an indelible kind of lasting impression on on the wrestling business. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. No matter what you Absolutely. think, Absolutely. No matter when you thought it was his time or when you personally may have thought that it was his time to go, like ultimately, ultimately that is up to him. And so he maybe, even says that on the show. He's yeah. like he he doesn't like when people try to tell him when his time is done. You know, he's like I I'll I'll know when it when it's that time. But I, he was. He was kind of chasing that that you know that really that one last good match to really just call it quits on you know and and for a time he he felt that he never had that match. Um, the start of the of the docu series, you notice that he's he's not really out of shape, but he's he's in bad shape. Yeah, I mean, he's, he, I mean he's his hurt. He's his, his his hip was jacked yeah. up, you know, uh, which. During the show, he had surgery on and had a uh, hip replacement and was out the same day. And then he was spent the rest of the year rehabbing, and then he came back the next year and wrestled, and he said he felt great. And he has such had, so to speak, a really incredible competitive drive. But he also said that him working a limited schedule – was was detrimental because he didn't have those reps every day like like the other guys and girls do. Yeah, yeah. He says it's actually harder to wrestle when you only work once a year. Yeah, that's yeah. one of the first things he says. I I can't wrestle all the time. I wrestle only one a year. There I said it because they're 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 more conditioned because they're there every night. That's every it. night. That's it. And when he was trying to. Uh, get himself back together, uh, Vince sent him a ring. He rented out like an old um, warehouse down in Austin where he lives to set up a ring, and he would, you know, take bumps. And ladies and gentlemen, bumps are when you actually <laughs> – When you go – I'll take this one. <laughs> bumps are when you go into well, – it doesn't matter where you go. You just – you take a, a little heel of a white substance – Usually, Terry. Bet- t- ter- Terry, that's it's not the wrong. The kind of, it's the, the wrong, wrong kind of bump. Yeah. You sure? We're not talking about not between your no, no. We're not index finger. No, and your thumb? we're not talking about that. We're talking about a pro wrestling bump when you. Yeah, that's what I'm talking no, about. That's a, no, that's no. no, that's not the right one. No, not the kind that makes you go. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, the other kind of wrestling bump when you Sorry. when you when you hit the ring when you land like usually a flat back. On the on the ring mat, that's called a bump. So okay. he was he was yes, Terry, wrong bump, brother. Sorry, but he was taking bumps. He was trying to you know 
get that callus back on his body so he could get himself conditioned to get back into the ring. And you callus. That mean that mean Mark, mean callus. Mark callus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Dynamite drop in, Jamal. Yeah, no problem. But um but there, there was also a stretch where he had some some setbacks. You know, the the match he had with Goldberg overseas and that was a train wreck. And then was. and then the match that he and Kane had with Triple H and Shawn Michaels where Triple H tore his peck and it just the whole match was a shit show. Yep. Kane's mask fell off halfway <laughs> through the match. It was a train wreck. It was an absolute train wreck. You know? And and when you see that and you see how how hard he is on himself. You can you can understand him wanting to really end it on a, on on the perfect match, you know. But with the level of talent that they're getting now, do you think he's going to get it? That's not I don't know. That's and, not a knock per se, right? Right. To these to the younger guys, it's mm-hmm. just that their performance level. Trying to think how to say it. Undertaker they're, they're can't, more, he, he can't compete at the high level like he used to, and, and he yes. he knows that. They though these guys are more acrobatic. Yeah, you know they 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 do the 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 choreography, the, you know the choreographed moves and everything. Mm-hmm. But you can you see everything is choreographed. You right. can tell everything, you know, as opposed the to part. these those the older guys and and the older guys called it in the ring. Yeah. Yeah, nothing was over. They, they scripted went, and choreographed. Yeah, they, they went out there and, and they felt yeah. it. And, and Undertaker's old school like yeah. that. Yeah, and 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 that's why his matches with Triple H and Shawn Michaels were so good. Yeah, because they just called. They had they had a general idea of what they were going to do. Yeah, but for the most part, they called it in the ring. See these guys, they need you know. All right, they need a ring general. Uh huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna go in here and I'm gonna do this. Take three steps. I'm gonna hip toss you. Boom, you're going to get up. I'm going to clothesline you. Or I'm going to get clothesline. Boom, boom, boom. They they go by that stuff. And everything is so robotic. And right. I, it just, instead, of, instead of letting, you know, have an idea of what you want to do, but for the most part, the ring generals, they would they would feel the crowd. Yeah. And they would work at a, at a, at a steadier pace to build up to that, you know, that climax. Yeah. You know, instead of – Everything being such a a spot show, a yeah. spot fest. That's the interesting thing about if if his last match was this the Boneyard match, match at which WrestleMania 36. Look, I watched that match yeah. and I liked it. Yeah, I think it it plays like it to his lot. strengths because he's an older guy. Yeah, you got a guy like that. He's facing AJ Styles, who he compares to Shawn Michaels, and they can work in a style that benefits the both of them because. Undertaker's obviously up in age. He's in his mid fifties. He's in his mid fifties, yeah. so he can't really go like you know, like he. And AJ to. is like forty two, I think. Yeah, he's like forty. Yeah, forty two. Yeah. Well, but actually, on on the like halfway through the docu series, because it's five episodes, Undertaker actually says they show footage of AJ Styles, and he's like, "That guy gets it." Yeah, he's like, "I would love to work with that guy one day," because the docu series was filmed over the course of like a couple of years. And then that happened. Yep. And that Boneyard match, and some people shit on it because it wasn't a traditional wrestling match. But just like you said, it was perfect because it played to Undertaker's strengths. Also, it's like you, you got 
you got pretty much like all aspects of, of the Undertaker character yeah. throughout the years. You got the dead man, you got the American badass, you got big evil, yeah. and you got the plain Jane Undertaker. Like all of that was in that match and had a very cinematic look and feel to it. I thought it was outstanding. Yeah. And given the circumstances that it wasn't taking place in an arena because of COVID-19. Yep. <laughs> it it, it, it makes sense to have it yes. in a cinematic style. Yeah. Out out at some shed outside yeah. of Orlando that they just they found and put all that together last minute. Yeah. Within like within like two weeks or so of of the actual like when the match is supposed to take place. They set all that up. Triple H, Bruce Pritchard, Taker, uh, AJ Styles, Gallows, and Anderson were there as well. It was phenomenal what they were able to do with that. Yeah. And that was a that was a I think that was a really good way for him to I was gonna say, end it because yeah. it literally ends with him riding off on the motorcycle into the darkness, so to speak, because it was at night. It was shot at night, you know. But yeah, it, I thought it was very well done. And and I guess you would in in the wake of COVID nineteen, you're gonna have to get creative with how you do some of these matches because now you don't have people in arenas anymore. Yeah. So I mean, what else can you do? You have to get creative. Which I said for wrestling, and it's weird watching. Yeah. The UFC, I don't mind it. It's I think it's great for UFC. Yep. I I have I I really it it doesn't bother me. Right. But I wrestling, it. it's weird. Yeah. It's very weird watching. You, you're so used to seeing and hearing all those people. Yeah, and they'll and they'll let you know if you're shitting the bed or not. And sometimes those wrestling fans can be so fucking fickle. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay, so here's a question, guys. Do you think? Do you guys think the Undertaker would have made it in today's wrestling climate? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. Eric's shaking his head. Now. Nope. I don't think so, because if you look at when he debuted back in, what was it ninety? SummerSlam nineteen ninety. Yeah, as I the think. Undertaker. As yes. the as the Undertaker, because because Bruce Prichard was his was his first manager. Back then, the WWF, the Royal Wrestling Federation, under Vince McMahon, they were all. It was just about characters. Yeah. And and you know you it had, made sense back then, right? You had, you know, uh, Papa Shango, Papa, the Voodoo, and shit yeah, like that. You had, you had Undertaker, Earthquake, yep. uh, uh, Sergeant Slaughter, Sergeant Slaughter, Hogan, Warrior, Junkyard uh, Dog, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, yeah, the Bushwhackers. Yeah. There were all these 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 bizarre, over the top characters. <laughs> <laughs> Terry doing the the Bushwhackers look. Yeah. The the Repo Man. Yep. Uh, the demolition, who were road warrior ripoffs, yep. basically. You know, and you had yeah. Brett, you had Brett. They were better wrestlers, though. They were better wrestlers, yeah. In worse shape, but in yeah, they were better wrestlers. Ain't that odd? Yeah. <laughs> but, but it but it made sense back then. And if you watch Undertaker over the course of his career, thirty almost thirty years, how he's been able to evolve and change the character. You know, like I said, he was Undertaker. Then he was yeah, uh, um, the head of the Ministry of Darkness. Yep. Then yeah. he was American Badass. Then, but even then, as then, the, then he was Big Evil. As Undertaker. the head then, of the Ministry of Darkness, you, that was around uh, what was it, Gangrel? 
the attitude era. Yeah, he was yeah. around that. So it's he still made sense. I mean, just even a regular Undertaker, he still fit in there. Yeah, because they were they were pushing the limits of what they could do more, especially on WWF side. Yeah, Val Venus. Yeah, yeah, Val Venus. Val Venus. Spelled Venus, like Venus spelled like penis. penis. <laughs> that was Jamal's favorite wrestler. <laughs> and don't forget <laughs> the Godfather. Oh yeah, yeah. A pimp who was who was uh, also um, who was he before the Godfather? He was Kama. Kama. He, he was Kama Mustafa. Yeah, from the Nation of supreme, Domination, yeah. fighting machine. Yeah, yeah, a supreme fighting machine. And then before that, he was Papa Shango. Yep. He was Papa Shango, Blue yeah. Master. Yeah, I mean, he, he came he, a long he, way. Yeah, and him and Undertaker are real tight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but no, he's, a, he's a cool ass dude in, in real. Oh life. yeah. Pothead. I still like don't like. Hunker. I still don't like D'Lo, bro. My... I like D'Lo. <laughs> yeah. Terry's shaking his God, head. I like D'Lo. D'Lo. D'Lo was a great wrestler. He was. I, He's I'll a give it to great him. Great wrestler. He was. One thing that pissed me off about D'Lo the most was his his. He was so yeah, so arrogant for no reason. Yeah. But the frog, the splash. He had. One of the best frog splashes. No, I don't give a damn. What if your oh, name? It was awesome. If your name is not Eddie, Eddie Guerrero, fucking Guerrero. Eddie's was Eddie's was crisp. It's because it's not just that. It's because he's Eddie fucking Guerrero. Yeah, was he still is? I'm gonna fuck. <laughs> still is. I I like D-Lo's. I I think I think Eddie's was the best, followed by D-Lo's, followed by RVD's. I never was an RVD fan. I like RVD. R RBD, as some people like to call him. Yeah. <laughs> and he had a little bit of a weight gain. Yeah, no kidding. But I think, given that you know the wrestling climate today is, like I said, it's more choreography. It's guys doing. It's more, all it's all about more, the spot. Yeah, more acrobatics, yeah. more spots. Yeah. I think a guy like the Undertaker, despite him being a big guy, one of the best big men in the business. Now, when he first got in as Undertaker, mm-hmm. yeah. he he was agile. Yeah. Look at yeah. some of the stuff he would do. He was he was agile. Would he do the top rope walk? Yeah. yeah. Would, the the rope walk cuz yeah. he did it in WCW. That's me Mark That's Callis, mean Mark, uh, yeah. Me Mark Callis. He he did that and then his what was it? He would twist the arm, uh-huh. and then was that when he did the heart punch off the rope, or was that the heart punch was? He did the heart punch off the rope, I think. It, I think it was off the rope. I couldn't yeah. remember if he he caught you when he yeah. throw you against the ropes, yeah, kind of spin you and then pull you back to you to yeah. him. I couldn't remember. It's been yeah. a while. But I yeah. think, yeah, but a guy that size, he would be, you know, he would stand out amongst the crowd. But if his move set were very limited, it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys now they move they move fast. They're acrobatic. A lot of these guys like to do those, you know, high intensity spots. Mm-hmm. But so would a guy like the Undertaker fit in with that? I don't. I don't think so. I don't. I don't watch much. Like mm-hmm. Brom Brom Strowman is it's the biggest dude I can think of right now. Is he? How's his move sets? Is he? I mean, he's 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 a really big guy, so yeah. it's it's limited. See, that's what I'm yeah. saying. He's I, I'll talk. Uh, but, but then too, he he Undertaker's right. What six? 
11, not 11, 16. Yeah. LeBron? Yeah, he's, he's up there. No, I'm talking about Undertaker. Oh, oh, Taker, he's like 16, 16, yeah, like, So they're yeah. around the same height and size. Yeah. So it'd be about the same. Yeah. But, but Braun didn't really come up in the business. He was a fucking power lifter. Yeah. You know, um, I, I think he's grown a tremendous amount, like as far as like being a wrestler. And he seems to be very, you know, about the business. Um, which is good because, I mean, Mark Henry was able to make that transition pretty good too. Yeah. But, but Mark Henry wrestled though. Yeah. I think I think he wrestled in um I want to say he wrestled in high school. Oh, maybe he did. And if I was I big Mark want... Henry shit, I'd wrestle too. Um but with Undertaker, he had I mean, to be a big guy, of course, his moveset was limited, but as, as he, you know, evolved, you know, through time, you know, he actually uh Changed up his moveset. He incorporated more MMA style yeah. into his repertoire because he's a big MMA fan. Yeah. I mean, he even has like the MMA gloves that he uses and stuff like that. He he knows like a bunch of those holds and locks and stuff. So he would incorporate that into his matches, kind of add a new dimension to him instead of just the same old five or six moves that, yeah. that you know is going to happen, you know. I think he did. I think between him and Sid Vicious, they both did the best choke slams in the business, and Kane too. Yeah. Cause Sid had a great choke slam. He did. What about Diesel? Nash. Uh, Diesel's he, power he, bomb. He, he did the power bomb. And I, his, his, I, I, I hated his. his. I hated Jack his power bombs. Yeah. You hated his power. I hated it. Really? I, Sid Vicious did a better power bomb than Kevin Nash. I don't know. Kevin Nash's was brutal when he was doing it. This shit was pretty brutal. He would let you go sometimes before he like he wouldn't he wouldn't come down with you. He would let you go, and it looked kind of sloppy to me. Mm-hmm. But if you do Sids, he he held you the whole way. Because remember, he's the reason why they don't do it. They couldn't do it no more. They had to stop doing it. Who Nash? Yeah. Shit, I know that. If I'm not mistaken, it was they they stopped it when he was he was still in. They 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 do they do the sit down power bomb now like like the yeah. uh, uh, Batista bomb yeah. he do the sit down power bomb yeah oh yeah it was a time when he tried to power bomb the giants Oof. and almost broke his neck that yeah, one that time was, man that was that, that's that a bad it. that's a bad decision yeah that he's a big dude but brutal that's a lot of man to pick up that's that was fucking brutal yeah. I remember that yeah God it was horrible. a body slam is one thing but a power slam power bomb. I mean, power bomb. Power yeah. bomb, as some people, like, as people in our family like to say. B-U-M. B-U-M-B. It bump. Boom. A, thunder, a thunderstorm. <laughs> Not a thunderstorm, but a thunderstorm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Undertaker, con- congratulations on your retirement, dead man. If, if, this is, if this is it. If this is it. If we don't. Hear the Undertaker's big dong again. <laughs> hey, that's what Whoa. people called it. Oh boy. Whoa. Then then we'll know it's the last time. <laughs> Sir, you cannot talk about people like that. <laughs> I'm just talking about his big dong. <laughs> but yeah, Jesus on that note. Christ. On that note, we'll be right Lord back in heaven. With we, more We Like It a, So What. We're gonna end it on a big dong. Right after this. <laughs> And we're back. Yes. 
The following podcast is scheduled for one fall. (laughs) (laughs) Making their way to the ring. We like it so what? Oh. Oh, Yeah, that was your cue. Sorry, I I can can edit this. Yeah. Oh, Edit and post. I forgot about it. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) The reigning comedy champions of the world. That's right. Undefeated, <laughs> undisputed, heavyweight, comedy champions of the world. Yeah, and we're back with more We Like It So What. Yeah. Continuing on with a little chat about wrestling, a friendly chat. Yeah. So, guys, we were talking on the previous segment, would The Undertaker make it in today's era? But we never really asked the question of, you know, what, what makes a star of today? Mm. Looking now, obviously looking back at old stars of yesteryear, the Ric Flairs of the world, Dusty Rhodes, Hogan's, the Hogan's, Stings. Ultimate Warrior, those guys kind the of Mongo st- McMichaels. Yeah, the, the don't Steve, you dare <laughs> the Steve Mongo McMichaels of the world. He is what? the shit. What? He is the shit. He is the shits. <laughs> One of the worst wrestlers of. All times. <laughs> All times. But I tell you what, it's just hilarious it's to hilarious. watch. It's hilarious. God. Thank you, Mongo. Yeah, but we we never really, we have to think about like, you know, what makes a star of this modern era. And obviously there's, there's so many different types. If you're looking at WWE, looking at AEW wrestling, now the gimmicks are... I think a lot harder to define. The lines are kind of blurred between the real person and then the character they play. It's well, well you know, kayfabe is dead. Yeah. So. It's it's not the era of, you know, the Repo Man or the Junkyard Dog anymore. Bastion Booger. Bastion Booger. It, Jesus, I, forgot I would that. even dare say it's not even it's not the era of the Undertaker where. There's a level of supernatural to <clears throat> gimmick. Now that that plays in the characters like let's say uh, the Fiend, Bray Wyatt, uh, Finn Balor's demon had a supernatural element to it. But nowadays, when you see Finn Balor, he's just kind of you know playing the prince, you know, playing Finn Balor, mm-hmm. formerly Prince Devitt, Fergal Devitt in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. But yeah, it's to me, it's 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 harder to define. Gimmicks as absolute, it's hard to say, like, what is Seth Rollins' gimmick now? That he's the messiah of, you know, Monday Night Raw. But strip that away, like, what, how do you define, if if you had to explain to the layman who Seth, Seth Rollins is. They don't fucking know. Yeah. Or Roman Reigns, he's the big dog, you know? He, he's uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's cousin. Yeah, he's, he's that. Yeah. He's one of them Samoans. Yeah. It's not the same as if, you know, in the 90s, you could say, okay, if I explain to you who Gangrel is, Mm -hmm. he's a vampire. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, if you have to break it down to one word or one element, I think it was easier back in the day than it is now. Of course. Look at the big boss man. Yeah. He was a security guard. Yeah. Corrections officer. Corrections officer. From Cobb County, Georgia. Yeah. Bam, bam, Bigelow. Yeah. He's a... The beast from the east. That's right. You know, it's sad that most of the motherfuckers that we name it off are dead. Yeah. 
And people listening to us have no yeah, idea no, who, no. who half of them are. Nope. Bam Bam Bigelow actually went out as a hero. He saved some kids from a house fire. Yeah. God bless him. Which is odd considering his wrestling gear. And yeah, yeah. And, and the tattoo on his head. Flaming tattoo on his head. How crazy is that shit? But, yep. but um, I, I think it's definitely harder to make stars now because, again, kayfabe is dead. Mm-hmm. The, the lines are definitely blurred between, you know, reality versus fiction. You know, we know who these people are behind the scenes. They're regular yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. They are entertainers. Versus back in the night, uh, the seventies, eighties, and nineties. Actually, I take that back. It's actually different because you had WWF which were all these different characters and, and, you know, just crazy shit. I mean, shit that's, that, that it's like, you know, it isn't real, but God damn it. It's real. It, it felt real. Yeah. It's, but it's then still you real. Had, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember fucking crying when ultimate warrior beat Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania six. Do you remember Papa Shango going back to him when he put that curse on ultimate warrior? Yeah. Eric he's said, yeah, yeah, up. today. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, I honestly thought that was some real shit. That was that was scary shit. Yeah, but then when you realize, okay, well that's why Warrior was wearing the jacket and they had the hose through his hair, so yeah. you can see it was pretty yeah. clever. Not to mention, you know, a couple. I mean, a few years later, Papa Shango bringing hose to the ring. Yes, but you know, but back then, you know, just things were different because you had all those characters in WWF, but then you you look at NWA, and those were wrestlers. Wrestlers, yeah, yeah. and it was more real. The angles were more real. Like when the horseman jumped Dusty Rhodes mm-hmm. and, and quote-unquote broke his leg, they shot it as if they really did it. Of yeah. course, they didn't, but it looked real. Yeah. That's when, because, I mean, they were fucking, they were rioting at some of these NWA shows, like in the the, the, the heyday of the horseman and Dusty Rhodes and Magnum TA and all those guys. You didn't have that at WWF shows because it was family-friendly. Yeah. yeah. It gave It gave kids something to watch. That's why I said back then it was, you know, it was easier to build stars for kids to watch for WWF, but NWA is what your parents yeah, watched. Because you think about the, when it would come on. Remember, um, WWF usually came on like in the morning, Saturday morning, Saturday mornings, or, be or, doing or, the or day. they would have uh, they would have wrestling challenge <clears throat> in in the mornings. There was a pre-taped show somewhere mm-hmm. that was televised, but they, they would also have. Uh, was it was a Saturday night's main event? Yeah. Was it Saturday, right? Saturday night's main event. Yeah. Okay. But then you had NWA. They did that, Thursday. That once it was uh once it was acquired by um Turner. Turner. And then on TBS, you saw WCW Saturday night, six oh five. They did Thursday with um Clash of the Champions. Clash of the Champions. Yeah. And I want didn't they have some on Friday? I'm not sure. I can't remember. Then I know they had some on Saturday too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Saturday night. But it was theirs was always at night. Yeah, because because that's what your parents watched. Yeah, because they it's the only time they can get away with it. Yeah, but see we'd wake. Yeah, yeah. But see we'd wake up Saturday morning and watch WWF wrestling channel yeah, right or whatever you know. Because as kids, that was more believable to us, and it was easier for them to. It was easier for Vince to make stars for us to watch as kids. Vince was looking at a bigger picture even back then. Of course then. he was. 
He was he was trying to market. Yeah, everybody had a, a stick. Yeah, so to speak. he was trying to get them toys. Yeah, it worked. It did. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of that now, but like I said, it's harder to define certain characters. Mm-hmm. Let's say like you look at Ric Flair for an example. He's for as long as I've known, he's always been Ric Flair, limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, yeah. son of a gun. That guy. Yes. And he's having a hard time holding those alligators down. <laughs> and you know, when you try to define Ric Flair, it's easy to define him. Because he's always he's been Ric Flair. Athletic, affluent, you know, rich playboy character. Mm-hmm. But if I look at, like said, Roman Reigns, for example, mm-hmm. it's hard to boil down his character. Right. In terms of Okay, he's athletic. He's a powerful guy. He's he's Samoan. He's Samoan, obviously. But you know, but who? What, who yeah, who is he? is he? Yeah. Or even Braun Strowman, for example. He's he's a big, strong guy. That's that's it. <laughs> who roars a lot? As as opposed to say Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt is like a cult leader, who's kind of evolved into this character with multiple personalities. I was about to say, he does have more of a gimmick yeah. Than, yeah. than the majority of people in the WWF now. Mm-hmm. And I think some wrestlers some wrestlers play that better than others. Yes. Ray Wyatt's done fantastic with his gimmick. Yes. Now you can say in terms of the booking of the character, it isn't That's always 100%. You know? yeah. But in terms of how he delivers a promo, how he performs in the ring, and how he plays that character, I'd say he's one of the best guys out there. And of today. course, you know why. Because of his dad, yeah. more than likely. Yeah. So Bray Wyatt is the son of Mike Rotunda, a.k.a. IRS, a.k.a. Erwin R. Scheister. So a.k.a. I think AKA Captain Mike Rotunda. Captain Mike Rotunda. That? Yeah, I remember that one. And he used to and go at uh, the Steiners. When he was on the varsity club. Him I remember who was the other uh, guy was in, he was on the varsity club. With. Was it Scott Norton? May have been. I think yeah. it was one of the Minnesota guys. I think it was Scott Norton. That's... that's 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 another one. Um, yeah, I gotta look it up. Now, there's another character I can think of. You you can think in terms of one of my favorite wrestling characters, Big Papa Pump, Scott Scott Steiner, Steiner baby. Hell yeah! Now you can define him as he's he's a big guy, he's a strong guy, mm-hmm. a bit of a he likes woman. to yeah, he's a bit of a womanizer. <laughs> Kevin what? Sullivan, Mike Rotunda. Rick Steiner, uh, Rick Steiner, Steve Williams. Oh, Dr. Death. Dr. Steve. Death, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dan Spivey. Dangerous Dan. Hold on. Who was, who, who was uh, and, in oh, the skyscrapers with Mark Calloway. Yeah, yeah. yep. Uh, Leo Meow was the valet. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I remember her. So they were the varsity. So, so it was Kevin Sullivan. Yeah, okay, I remember gotcha. it was him and Kevin Sullivan because okay, that was. Okay. I, I gotcha. thought it was Scott. Norton. I want to okay. say that was the link because remember uh, him and Mike Rotunda used to yeah. go at the Steiner brothers. Yeah, and I think that was the link right there. Okay, of course I was a kid, so I didn't understand all of that. I just right. know both of them was in all four of them rather was in wrestling gear from. Yeah. School. Okay. Say so you think of like the character of Scott Steiner. He's mm-hmm. a big. Strong guy, wears a chainmail headpiece to the ring. And he likes the ladies. He's That's Big his, Papa Pump. Yeah, yeah. He's got his catchphrases. Mm-hmm. So it's it's easy to define the character. But even, could, but even when he was just Scott Steiner, not Big Papa Pump, but Scott Steiner with yeah. his brother Rick, they were just 
amazing collegiate mm-hmm. wrestling stars who yep. transitioned into pro wrestling and had some of the best tag team matches you could ever see. And they were stiff and hard-hitting matches that they would have. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They were what? I just I realized it. <laughs> Whoops. Jesus. Wipe your fucking mouth when you talk. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's it was easy to define those guys as yeah. characters back then. Yeah, but he, but even too, like at a certain point, when WCW was really taking off to go against WWF, they got into more like characters and whatnot. Yeah. Because then you have like the Dungeon of Doom with Kevin Sullivan mm-hmm. and all these other crazy ass fucking people. They had the, uh, the Disco Inferno. <laughs> I mean, don't forget the luchadors. So they started bringing the luchadors down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Savage was there, but he was always Savage. I yeah. mean, he his character never changed. Yeah. yeah, but they had Glacier. Yep. Yeah, I remember who, who was essentially sub a Sub Zero ripoff from Mortal Kombat. Blood runs cold. Yeah. Exactly yeah. what the fuck he was. Yeah, yeah. Down to the entrance and music, all yep. of that. Great presentation. Did all of like two karate moves in yep. the ring. That was it. That, that was, was it. it. But yeah, you think about those guys back then, it was easy to define the characters. Mm-hmm. When I look at <clears throat> NXT as a brand and as a developmental system now, I feel as if some characters are still kind of hard to define. Some characters you you can kind of point, okay, this guy is a kind of a weird stalker character or Her- this character is kind of uh, like a, let's say, look at Damian Priest, for example. Mm-hmm. I can't tell if he's like this a nightclub owner. Is he a vampire? He has the name Damien Priest. So you would think that is that something related to Satanism, but it's not. So maybe he's a, a vampire nightclub owner. If if you look at the character, it's like, well, he's his nickname is the Archer of Infamy. Basically, as in, you know, he wants his name to live forever. So he has a flashy so something presentation. Something tells me it won't. Well, well, he you know, has a flashy presentation where he kind of, you know, mimics the whole bow and arrow motion and his name kind of comes up in flames and whatnot. So it's <laughs> I liked it better when Gangrel did it. <laughs> it's when he when who was a vampire who came up through the stage through a ring of yeah. fire, which is one of the best entrances in all of wrestling. And you can break and his it. music was awesome too. Yeah. And you could break it down. Okay, Gangrel is a vampire. <clears throat> yeah, it's plain and simple. He's a vampire. You look at Keith Lee for an example. Uh-huh. Now you could say, okay, he's limitless. Keith Lee, he's a big guy, but he's not. He, he moves like a cruiserweight. Yeah, not defined by you know his size. His size. Right. So he's doing things <clears throat> that some cruiserweights can do. It's not who I am underneath. What I do that had, defines me. I always had, hate that um, fucking line. Van Vader used to get out there in Moonsong. Yeah. Van Vader was probably one of the most athletic big men. Yeah. Four hundred pounds doing a moonsault. Didn't like working with his ass either. Oh yeah. Yeah, nobody liked working with him. He never washed his gear, so he was always stinking. <laughs> oh. Yeah. There was a bunch of horror stories about guys not wanting to work with Vader. Shawn Michaels couldn't stand that son of a bitch. And I heard he, that motherfucker didn't like to pull punches and shit either. Yeah, he would. He, yeah, he'd, he'd fuck you up. Yeah, he'd, he'd throw some bombs. Yeah. Yeah. He he was fucking Ric Flair up during the uh, championship match in WCW. And Harley <laughs> Race, who was managing Vader at the time, got down and told Rick during the match, if you don't fight back, I'm going to fuck you up when we get to the back. God damn. Yeah. 
because because he wanted Rick because I mean Vader's throwing some live rounds and he said told Rick hit him back. I mean not to where like they're gonna fight. He's like because yeah. Vader that's just Vader's style. It's like he he you know he he'll throw some live rounds every now and then, but he he'll expect those receipts to come back. That was a big dude. Yeah, he's a big dude. Big guy. And and Rick hit him <clears> with a few live rounds and they were off to the races. Yeah, because that's how Vader liked to work. He wouldn't take it personal. Yeah, but he would expect you to hit him back just as hard. Whereas Rick was always a safe worker. Like Rick Flair never hurt anybody when he worked. You know, he never had a reputation of hurting anyone. Um, not unlike Seth Rollins, who has hurt a few people, yep. Sting being one of them, which is a damn shame. But, um, but yeah, how, like how could you define the character of Vader? Like, because he was easier to define when he first showed up as Vader in WCW when he had the um, the, the Mastodon, the, 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 yeah, the huge headgear with the steam and shit. Yeah, yeah. I used to love that shit. Oh, that yeah. was awesome, man. God, that was great. Yeah, I used to love that. From the Rocky Mountains, I Vader. Still, how, how the fuck do you? How do you just? Yeah, it's like it's a a weird, big guy, just uh, just a big a warrior of some kind. Well, we've had a few of those. Post, he's, but he's not post-apocalyptic, <laughs> or is he? What based no, on the based no? on the the helmet? Hell, hell, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just some different shit. Yeah. Now the Road Warriors, you could say, were post-apocalyptic. So there you go. Once they changed <clears> up their gear, <throat> Legion of Doom. Oh, from the their, their yeah. first gear, they were looking they dominate, like dominate. They looked like demolition, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, and they had the leather chaps and looked like and had the little caps and looked like some kind of village <laughs> the people. Village that people. shit was not fucking <laughs> like cool, some, man. Some motherfuckers was in the blue lagoon. Yeah, they they were at the uh, the, the blue. <laughs> I mean, oyster. the blue oyster. The, 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 blue, yeah, the blue oyster. <laughs> the blue oyster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're at the blue oyster bar. Yeah, that's how they that's, first looked. Yeah. Yeah, they changed that shit. Thank God. Whew, yeah, that was not a good look. It wasn't. But <clears throat> what about what about Sting? Sting. He was a surfer. He was the surfer dude. Yeah, surfer Sting. A, yeah, yeah, surfer big guy surfer dude. that wore face paint. Mm-hmm. And then when yeah. he changed, then he ch- ch- crow. changed the crow. crow Sting, which was Scott Hall's idea. Yeah. Which is it's weird. Yeah, they say Scott Hall always had a great mind for the business. Yeah. And that proved it right there. Yeah. WCW's avenging angel Sting. But he to take on the also the, the villainous NWO. Ran him, ran him into the ground too. Helped run him, run him into the ground. Well, yeah, him and Nash and yeah. Hogan. Yeah, but yeah, when I think of cocaine, no, it's I mean, I, drug. I'm always thinking of that. But, yeah, but no, when you think of wrestlers now, you think of let's say on the AEW side, mm-hmm. Cody, Cody Rhodes mm-hmm. is a fairly easy to define character. Because he's, you know, Dusty's son, Dusty's son, grandson of a plumber, whatever you want to call yeah. it, yeah. Ex- executive vice president mm-hmm. of AEW, like 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 <laughs> legit. So yeah, he's he's legit executive vice president. He's a classic wrestler mm-hmm. with a modern twist, but it's kind of trying to with a shitty neck tattoo. Yeah, by the way. that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maintain the it's legacy horrible. of his family right. more or less. Yeah. So I, but it's still hard to define. Character. It's hard to define as Brother Dustin now. Yeah. yeah. Originally whereas, a gold dust. When he was gold dust. It was androgynous right. and, you know, we don't know. Overly sexual. Yeah. <laughs> we, we don't know if he's going to rape him, <laughs> if he's going to rape her. Yeah. He's, he's going to uh, rape both of them. Obsessed with 
movies no. and Hollywood and all of that. Kind of a weird fanatical, not not necessarily a serial killer, not even close to that, but like a, creepy cre- weird, a weird, creepy, yeah. you know, movie obsessed wrestler. Yeah. What was the what was this, the WCW gimmick they tried to give him? Oh, it was a uh, seven. Yeah, seven. seven. Yeah. When he came out, his head, his whole head was white. <laughs> and he had that big leather big leather jacket on and floated to the ring. And and then when he got in the ring, he cut a hell of a promo. He, did. he went all he said, he I'm did. not doing this shit. <laughs> he did. That was beautiful. That's one of the best moments in WCW television. Because that gimmick. He said, he said ah, I'm not doing this shit anymore. That gimmick was absolute ass. And it lasted for one night. So ass. So it's grand opening, grand closing. That's right. Here today, gone today. <laughs> as soon as I get out of this ring. But yeah, even you see now, we think about new stars. You think about people who've made the transition from one sport to another. Let's say Ronda Rousey in mm-hmm. recent years. Made the transition from MMA to pro wrestling. So there'll be a built-in fan base there already. And you can define her as, okay, she's Ronda Rousey. She's an MMA champion, movie star, whatnot. But let's movie say, star? Huh. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's uh, been in some, she some started, movies. She started in a movie. She's been in movies. Eric. She's been in some big movies, but they were not because of her. Well, no, right. but she did star in them. She didn't star in shit. She was, she was, she starred in there. She, she wasn't the star, but she starred in there. God, my 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 right? right shoe can act better than her. Hey, she was in there. Uh, but yeah, I think, good and I think there. yeah, in in instances where someone is making a transition from one sport to another, let's say Kane Velasquez mm-hmm. made the transition from MMA to wrestling. Not exactly with the most success, considering he was just released from WWE a few months ago. Mark Henry. Mark Henry tra- transitioned Ron. from weightlifting. Yeah, strong man. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Steve Mongo McMichael. Fuck. From football to. It's to been wrestling. numerous football players. Kevin Ron, Green. Ron Simmons. Remember that? Ron yeah. Simmons probably being yeah. the best. The yeah. Rock. Yeah he, yeah, he played football for Miami. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been so many of them. Yeah. Uh, take Undertaker played uh, basketball. Damn, he he gave L- up Lawrence co- Taylor. He gave up a college scholarship to to wrestle. Really? He sure did. Shit. Yep. He said his dad was so disappointed in him, but kind of happy. Damn, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, he was a basketball player for uh, Tennessee. No, for Texas, I think. He played basketball. So yeah, do you guys think you can make a new star <clears throat> if the transition is easier? Let's say if. If that person has a built-in fan base, do you think they can go into the wrestling business or the wrestling arena, not literal wrestling arena, let's say the wrestling industry, uh-huh. and carry that fan base with them? I mean, Rousey did it. Yeah. I was about to but, say, it just depends. She, she was already a box office, though. Yeah. You know? I mean, you, um, you, she's, she's, a, she's a huge name. Yeah. Now, some of these characters, I mean, some of these people aren't as big. They play pro football, but you might not have known them. Like uh, uh, Goldberg, uh, like and Baron Corbin, he right. played for the Chiefs. Yeah. yeah, nobody knew who he was when yeah. he played for the Chiefs. Goldberg was another one. Yep. He wasn't. He played wasn't for, a, played a for the huge Falcons. star. Yeah, um, Brock Lesnar, he wasn't a huge star. He was in uh, Minnesota. He was mostly known for his collegiate wrestling. Yeah, Ch- but I mean, titles, yeah. it wasn't huge. Right, you know what I'm saying? Unless you followed wrestling. But see, he made the transition away from wrestling to MMA. Yeah, and then 
they they yeah, transition yeah. back to wrestling. Yeah. So, so it, they, I mean, it, it all depends on the person in that aspect. Then, because uh, Goldberg, we're just bringing back to him, mm-hmm. wasn't like I said the biggest football star, but what they were able, what WCW was able to do with him when he got there, yeah. that gimmick of, of of turning him into the the, the unstoppable Goldberg or whatever yeah. was just it's perfect. It's perfect, and that was that was an Arn Anderson idea. <clears throat> yep. He said, "Don't don't have him do promos. No, don't don't let him talk. No, just, just let him go out there, just dominate for like fifteen seconds, and boom. It's That's like it. me. That's like me. Well, dominate for fifteen <laughs> seconds. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I think a little. Bit I don't of, talk. Yeah. <laughs> just do do your business That's and it. get out. Arrive, raise hell, leave. leave. But yeah, I think Perfect. that familiarity." It's something that helps in yeah, building of course. stars. Yeah, just like you look at NXT as a developmental brand, they're trying to build stars from the ground up, and I think in some cases it works, and some it doesn't, because you have to kind of get people behind the gimmick, and it also has to be a gimmick that makes sense and a gimmick that works. So, like the Velveteen Dream, for example, Oops. sorry to say, <laughs> he has a gimmick that works and he plays it well, and he's he's good in the ring. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a gimmick that's kind of easy to define. Not at least let's say if I could break it down, he's this very kind of he's he's Prince Prince yeah, Prince yeah flamboyant, very kind of mm-hmm. risque in how he does things. Mm-hmm. Tries to play mind games with people. Tries to play kind of you know this very gold dust did the same yeah. shit yeah. But then you had you had Mark Merrow, who was Johnny B. Bad, who yeah. was basically like, what if Lord of Richard was Lord a Richard, pro wrestler? Right. Then he became Marvelous Mark Merrow. Who, who was no, a wait, boxer. Wildcat Mark Merrow. No, Wild Man. The wild wild man. man, yeah. Yeah, the Wild, wild man, man Mark Merrow. Yeah. Because he had an actual boxing background. Yeah. L- legit Golden Gloves champion. Yeah. Now, even though he looked like Lord of Richard. Just he like would, him, Looked just like him. He was, he was a legit, like, a pretty good wrestler. Yeah. So he had this very flamboyant kind of like feminine look to him but he he, he was he was he was pretty sound yeah. in the ring so it was it was kind of, that was also a dusty idea by and the a, way uh, yeah it's a dusty road yeah. idea and a fairly he's a, he's a pretty humble damn guy man yeah oh yeah he was always a humble guy yeah now he's a motivational speaker mhm touring all over the country but i feel like some some gimmicks of then Definitely would not work now. Fuck no. You really couldn't do the Iron Sheik. Oh, no. Nikita Koloff, the Russians. The Russians, yep. Jesus Christ, no. Couldn't do that. Val Venus. Val Venus is definitely no. No. In in this modern era that we live in now. Even Big Papa Pump. No, you wouldn't be able to do that. He was legit grabbing women's asses. I'd say. And and saying some some really dirty shit Mm -hmm. that they let him get away with. 90%. Not shit. I'll say ninety five percent of everything he said in his promos, you would not be able to say. Nope. God no. You know what else you wouldn't be able to say? Hulk Hogan, we coming for you, nigga. <laughs> Someone would catch some flack for that. To be fair. To be foul. He wasn't hashtag, supposed to say it then. Hashtag to be fair. <laughs> the Harlem Heat. Great tag team. Yeah. Black, 
from Harlem. Hell. They're black yeah. from Harlem, despite yeah. I think they were both from Texas. Though. Houston, I Texas. Say, I was about yeah. to say, I don't think that neither one of them from Harlem. Yeah, they're from Houston, Texas. Uh, but they, then Booker T was GI Bro yeah. before that. <sighs> yeah. What about um, what's the ones from uh, ECW? Um, it's, it's not the gangsters. What's it? What's the, the name? Public Enemy. Is it is it Public Enemy with um, Rock or Rock and um. Johnny Grunge. Johnny Grunge. No, I'm talking about the two black dudes. I, now I know you're talking about Public Enemy because I think they used to go up against it. What's the, uh, the gangsters? New Jack and New um, Jack and um, D'Lo was with them at the time too. Who? D'Lo Brown. No, it, it was D'Lo and shit. It was the gangsters. Yeah, it was the gangsters. Was the gangsters? I can't remember the other guy's name. But I don't think D'Lo Brown was Saeed. Mustafa. Mustafa Saeed, yeah. yeah. New Jack and Mustafa. Gangsters. And, yeah, and D-Lo Brown. D-Lo Brown. I did not remember D-Lo being with him. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. <sighs> you know what? Yeah, you wouldn't be able to do that either. Nope. That you wouldn't be able to do none of saying. that ECW shit. Do that. No. None of that ECW shit. I don't like D-Lo. Because they, they really <laughs> pushed the fuck. <laughs> Sandman? I don't like Yeah, you wouldn't be able no to do Sandman. that. Uh, no Beulah. No Kimono Wanna Lay You. Nope. Hell, you can do uh, Stone Cold. You have to tone him down you a could, lot. Yeah, especially the, the middle drinking. finger and stuff. Yeah, you can do the yeah, middle finger. Do, yeah, the middle <laughs> finger. The, He'd be the, drinking uh, White Claws yeah, instead of Jesus Steve. Oh, Christ. Yeah. Toss me a White white Claw, bro. Fucking White Claw. That's the nastiest shit. I've never, never had, had it. it. Jinx. <laughs> Jinx, bro. <laughs> Jinx, bro. <laughs> 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 bro, bruh, bruh. I jinxed your brother. That's how they say it now. But yeah, as we look at like Yokozuna, yeah, Yokozuna would sumo wrestling. But but he was Samoan. He was yeah. Samoan. But no one knew that at the time. Nope. It was only after like years later we realized that he was part of the the uh, the famous uh, Anawaii wrestling family. It was Roman Reigns. Um, Time in a snooker, the um, the Super Wild Samoans, Flight, Jimmy Snooker, yeah, well, yeah, Alpha and Sika, yeah, Samoan um, SWAT team, uh, Rikishi, his sons, the Usos, who also Tamapatu. had a uh, a um, sumo background, a what, Rikishi, sumo background, sumo, yeah, when his when he. Build like sumo. That's just his gear. I think that was a gear. That's just his gear. That, I thought that, it- Rikishi's gear is what is what he wanted. Uh, is what Vince wanted Yokozuna to wear. Yokozuna said, "I'm not doing that." Because that- that's when he was really big. So they, he had the 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 uh, the tights. Yeah. The the red and white tights, and then the sumo gear on top of that. But he but he want he said Rikishi, I want you to wear this. <laughs> Vince's, and Rikishi Vince's, said, Vince's "All right, guy. I'll do it." Yeah, and so that and that became part of Rikishi's gimmick was his big ass, and he'd put his ass in your face. Yeah, and, I'm not doing that. No, no. God Almighty, the stink face. Couldn't get away with that now. Nope, big old dimply old ass all in your face. Couldn't do that now. But but then here's a question I can ask about that: Is you think we've kind of evolved beyond that in wrestling? Or do you think we've kind of softened a little bit in terms of the things they used to do back in the day versus what they're doing now? A combination of both. I was going to say both. Yeah. 
because now people think this generation is too sensitive, too much cancel culture, too much mm-hmm. complaining or well, whatnot. But. Th- there's that, but it's also evolved to where wrestling, pro wrestling isn't about the land of the giants anymore. Because they used to always be big dudes. Yeah. It's not like that anymore. Now it's more about the uh, the athleticism. Yeah. And and the spots, doing all these crazy spots during your match. Um I, I think that there seems to be a lack of, of um good storytelling. Because back in the day they would book they would book shit a year in advance. And they would they'd stick to it. Yeah. And you probably build up that story, which in WWF's case would culminate at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So you have a whole year. To play out your angle. God, that was awesome. But see, they don't do that anymore. Yeah, and then you have so many people switching from heel to babyface, it's yeah. kind of hard to, di- to distinguish who's who or what they're trying to do. Versus back then, you knew exactly who everyone was. They had a their gimmick. Everybody they, they, had, they a, had a role. In. Yeah. Now, you would have some guys that would turn or girls that would turn from heel to babyface every now and then. But it would be a, a big angle to set up the turn. Mm-hmm. That's not the case anymore. Roddy Piper. Now you have so many tweeners. You have too many. Yeah. Whereas in Austin's case, he was a tweener, but he was, I mean, he he was he was white hot because everybody's liked the character, yeah. you know. But now, I mean, you don't really know who are the the good guys anymore. Just for it's, example, it's almost like it doesn't matter. Charlotte Flair can be a heel on one show and then a face on another show. I don't understand that. But yet they're all supposed to be connected. The, I don't get that. <laughs> the Raw's, the NXT <laughs> champion, Raw superstar, this is what she was. She was Raw superstar slash NXT champion. So she, she was from one brand, but then won a belt on another brand. And then somehow appeared on all three shows at once. However, that worked. Yep. Storytelling is is definitely lacking. Yep. And then too, if let's say the higher ups are kind of making changes on the fly, someone, you know, may be in a match one week, and then next week's like, oh yeah, you're gonna be wrestling this guy now. Is you know whoever's in charge may change their mind because they didn't like the way the story was was uh, turning out. Mm-hmm. So you see a lot of that happening at WC, WWE programming right now. I think it was easier to, st- to tell stories when you had characters, yeah, instead of what you have now. Yeah, because now, like I said, it's more about the athleticism. They're athletes slash entertainers, but when you had Guys like you no know, Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, and whatnot, you know, or Sting and Ric Flair back then. You you knew well. Let me take out Warrior. Let me put in um, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Well, no, I'm thinking like of like a good heel back in the WWF. Good heel? Yeah, we'll we'll say like Ravishing Rick Rude. Yeah, who was always of, one, a heel. I was gonna say one of the best. Yeah, one of the best heels of all time. He was always a heel. Him and um, Ricky Steamboat, who was who was always a babyface. Yeah. You know, it's easier to be, to build a story when you knew who the good guy and the bad guy was. Yeah, and then have it culminate at, at your big event for whatever the year was, or in, which or, is, which or is WrestleMania, something that makes sense. Right, which is WrestleMania in WWF's case, but in WCW, they had. I think I think their biggest one was, um, 
Starcade. Yeah, Starcade, then probably Clash of Champions. Right after that. So oh, the, maybe so the Great American Bash too. That was a big one. That was like probably the third. I think it was. See the better Halloween Havoc. Yeah. But either way, you would ha- like if you had like Sting and Ric Flair. Sting was, you know, always a babyface. Ric Flair was always a nasty heel. Mm-hmm. It's easier to build up those angles mm-hmm. because it was always great if Sting won, but if Ric Flair won, it just made you even more pissed. Yeah. Like, how did he? The story. The story get away kept going. Again, it, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, they kept it going. And not to mention, not only did you have Ric Flair. You had the other other horsemen. Yeah, Arn. Yeah. They played parts in the story. Yeah. Pulling it along too. Various different horsemen other than Arn. Yeah. They had that Benoit, they had Sid. I mean, um, even before that, Tully Blanchard. Tully, yeah. Uh, and uh, Oli. Arn, uh, uh, and uh, Oli. Oli. Yeah. So you can't do that now. And, and also, I mean, so take for another example when uh, Hall and Nash got to. WCW. Like we all knew who they were, but we didn't quite know exactly what they were doing. Well, they, they were just coming to take over. And then they were called the outsiders. Yeah. Right? So then it was about WCW, the WCW wrestlers versus the outsiders. And then they uh, you know, said they had a, a big surprise at the at the bash at the beach. You know, it was gonna be a, a third guy. Yeah. Who was the third guy? And then we found out it was Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one probably the greatest heel turn in the history of pro wrestling. <laughs> yeah. A man who had been babyface yep. for for years. Yeah. Let's yeah. just say years. I don't even know how many years it would have been. It was a long time. Because uh-huh. he he was he was uh Terry the Hulk Boulder back in the early eighties. And then when he went up to to work with Vince, he became Hulk Hogan. Yeah, and then he was he was a babyface, on up until the Bash of the Beach. Yeah, but it, but even then it was kind of tricky because remember uh, when they were the Mega Powers, him and Savage. I was gonna and say they were fighting over Elizabeth because people didn't know who to align themselves. Exactly, with. and even between him and Warrior too, like who do you go for? Yeah, yeah, you know, because I would I would say Savage was more the heel. He was more obsessive, like yeah. boyfriend so or whatever. So he seemed more like the heel than mm-hmm. than Hogan. Yeah, and he, that's he, exactly what I was going to go at when yeah. you was, when you were saying it earlier with with yeah Ricky Steamboat. He couldn't stand Hogan because he had lust in his eyes, <laughs> brother. <He> had lust <laughs> he put, in his eyes. He put 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 Elizabeth brother. up on his on his on his on shoulder. shoulder. Yeah, and hand got a little too comfortable. Yeah, got the bowling ball grip on that thing. Yeah, lust in his eyes, brother. Yeah. But when it was found out that it was going to be Hogan, oh, that changed the game. It did. Because internally, if you listen to Eric Bischoff's podcast, there were so many rumors within the company of who was going to be the third guy. Bischoff wanted Sting. That would have been a big one, too. Yeah. He wanted Sting. Sting wasn't too sure because he was a career babyface, yeah. basically. And he went to Hogan. See, even Hogan at first didn't want to do it. But then once Hogan saw the bigger picture, he's like, wow, this this could be really something. I'm going to be honest. I like the fact of Hogan doing it. Yeah. And Sting playing the part that he played. It worked out better. Yeah. Better than 
say the vice versa if that's how it, it was going to It made go. more sense because – Can you imagine it, Crow Hogan? No. Or whatever that would have been. <laughs> Krogan? <laughs> no, that worked out perfectly. Yeah. Because Sting was always the homegrown WCW guy, and it was always WCW versus the NWO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just plain and simple, the good guys versus, versus the bad. bad guys. And it worked out better that it was Sting mm-hmm. who would be the the the, the silent you know, avenging angel of WCW. That and probably the combination of Goldberg, because he was this, you know, this this lone warrior, lone wolf, or whatever that came in. He was wrecking everybody. Yeah. You know, and then he beat Hogan for the title. Clear distinction of who the good guy was versus the bad guy. When they fought, which they they gave away the fucking pay per view on Monday Nitro. Yeah. I'll never understand why they did that. But wasn't but wasn't that to pop a higher number than WWF? Uh, probably, because they they did that in the Georgia Dome. Yeah, pack on a Monday, which is an amazing feat. But that's pay per view right there. Why you you giving us this for free? Yeah, I I I didn't understand that. I I, I didn't we watch that Jamal? I think we did. I think I was hyped when uh, Goldberg. Oh, man. Uh, about to get Hogan in the jackhammer. I'm about to say everybody was hype. Yeah. God. God almighty. Fucking Monday Night Wars, man. Yeah. It was a good times, Shit. dude. Now we have the Wednesday Night Wars, Which right? Isn't, mm. isn't quite the same. It's not. No. And this, I guess it's, this, be, it's because we have to kind of get used to these newer stars. Yeah. Now it's like a make or break thing. It's like, okay, I can, I can get behind this guy. This other guy I don't think is so cool. This match was great, but I don't. I couldn't tell you who who wrestled in this match, so it's hard to kind of define those stars now. Do you think? No, not often. I don't. Well, yeah, he sure, tries sure, not sure. to. None of us do. Is it harder for a talent to get over on their own, or do they need the push from the top brass? Like as far as like them becoming a star because we've had guys try to get over on like on their own without the push yeah. to you gotta have little to no success. Yeah, you gotta have a push. Yeah. If you, if you're not getting the push from the top, then you're dead in the water. Yeah. You're yeah. just, you're just sitting there spinning your wheels. Yeah. You have to have that push. And, I think and even if you try to get over by yourself, yeah. they'll, they'll fucking pull the reins in yeah. on you. I think sometimes it helps and it hurts. You look at a, a guy like a Apollo Cruz now. Yep, is more or less more or less kind of getting over on his own. Yep. Whereas when he was first introduced, it's like it's you know how do you define this guy's character? He's yeah he's this athletic black guy. Mm-hmm. I guess he has the name Cruz as a as a nod to Terry Cruz. Mm-hmm. Probably Tom. No, it's C R E W S. Yeah, it's still probably Tom. Yeah, <laughs> but that's really all you know about him. But I think now he's kind of developed his character a lot more. Mm-hmm. He's getting more mic time. And maybe that's well, something that, that the Heyman. Yeah, it's a Heyman move. And maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's something that the higher ups are seeing in him as he's able to do the work and he's able to go in the ring. And mm-hmm. he's, you know, he can be a star if you put enough faith in him to mm-hmm. be a star. Ultimately, I think it depends on the performer. Mm-hmm. And if you're a good enough performer and if you believe enough in 
yourself as a performer and whatever you can present to the ring, then yeah, people will they'll see that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's right. it's not like they can just pull Jamal Murphy into the ring right. and instantly make him a star. Yeah. You have to do something. Yeah. You have to have something. You know what I mean? It's not like they're they're doing this all on their own. It's I think it is it, is you know, it's it's part them, it's part you, but at the same time it's more on them mm-hmm. to put that push behind you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To if they see something in you mm-hmm. to push you. Yeah. Cuz you got a whole lot of people that, you know, probably should have been over. Yep. And didn't get over because they didn't get that push from the top. Right. Yep. So with that being said, which which rosters do you guys think were the best for their time? 80s NWA slash like Crockett or 80s slash early 90s WWF or 90s WCW and the Attitude Era from WWF? Because those are two distinct different periods in time in the business where there was some overlap, but they were totally different, basically. Yeah, I I would say 90s WWF uh-huh. because I think that was when re- people really started to look at wrestling as more entertainment. It's right. when it really started to break into the mainstream, right. and it wasn't something that was just a fringe thing you watched on the weekends. It was, and it was in prime time. It was like eight o'clock mm-hmm. on a Monday night or a Thursday night. So I think to me, and that's when people start to become more familiar with wrestlers, mm-hmm. and they start to become household names. Like you look back in the eighties during that WCW era or even WWF, like you knew Hogan, you know Macho Man Randy Savage, maybe Flair. Roddy Piper, yeah. Ric Flair, and that was about it. Yeah. Whereas in the nineties, you had. Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Undertaker, The Rock, mm-hmm. Mankind, Triple H, all these names. Well, you, are starting you had to emerge. Yeah. you had the WWE or WWF superstars. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, but you go back to those eighties, early nineties, the, the the well, the NWA, WCW, mm-hmm. and the WWF. Go back to that time. I mean, they it was it was some stars in there. Yeah, fuck yeah. I mean, it's. I think people, I can't. I, I can't think people don't give like the NWA like enough credit. No, I don't think so either. Because even though they weren't selling out like big arenas, because it was more studio yeah. style wrestling, but they had some. They had some fucking bangers. They had the Road Warriors, uh-huh. Dusty, Magnum TA, the Koloffs, um, Wyndham's, the, the, the Horsemen, the of course, Easy. Oh wait, it's the other NWA. Yeah, that's sorry. Yeah, that's the other one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry about that, guys. But yeah, they, uh, uh, Rock and Roll Express, Midnight Express, yep. the fabulous Freebirds, the Freebirds, the Garvins. Yeah, they. I mean, it was, it was. It, I mean, it was. It, they, they both are distinct, mm-hmm. and they yeah. both definitely served a purpose. But you, you, what the fuck, you can't, you can't get to that Attitude Era, mm-hmm. that Nitro. You know the the the. Monday Night, Monday Night Wars, Wars yeah. without that that base right there, right? That that good base, yeah. From from NWA, WCW, yeah. uh, WWF, you yep. can't get there without that. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. 
But it's, yep. I don't know how you go forward. <laughs> the, well, the only way to go forward is to go back. Oh, wait, no. That's not, that's not right. And, and it's only if something's in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I think as wrestling evolves or has evolved, you know, we'll, we'll start to see after a while who has more crossover appeal mm-hmm. or who, rather who's going to make a transition from, let's say, another sport to wrestling. And as these Wednesday, Wednesday Night Wars evolve, we'll start to see which stars will emerge and who stands out more than the other. And ultimately, like which which company is going to win if there's if there's going to be a clear winner. But well, I think yeah, a lot of these guys have to kind of step up if the company's kind of telling them telling them, hey, we're we're at war here. Let's mm-hmm. let's get out there and do our best. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, also you look at uh, WCW for years. It was Eric Bischoff. You had uh, Paul Heyman who ran ECW. Vince has always ran WWF slash WWE. Well, his daddy did, well, then he did. Well, yeah, yeah. He's always been affiliated. Well, his, his dad was WWF. F, yeah. yeah. And then Vince bought out a lot of the territories and then uh-huh. it just became the WWF. But, um, and then you have, uh, I'm, I'm not sure who's running NWA Power. Is it still Billy Corgan? Yes. And then you have... Well, I think they've shut everything down for COVID now. Okay. So that's not... Nothing's happening with them right now. So with AEW, you have Cody, the Bucks, um, Kenny Olivia... I mean, Kenny Omega. Yeah. (laughs) I almost said Kenny Olivier. Kenny Omega and Tony Khan. Yeah, right. Who were all young guys. Vince, I think, is like 75. Damn. Yeah. Of course, he obviously takes really good care of himself. But then you have Triple H, who is essentially the next one in line. That, you know, Vince has pretty much been grooming since towards the end of the Attitude Era. When he when he discovered that Triple H really has a has a knack for the business behind the scenes. So do you think that. I kind of hate to say this, but, you know, should anything happen to Vince, you let Triple H take over. Do you think it'll be easier for the talents to get themselves over without needing that push from the top? Nope. Do you, so you think they'll always need the top, the push from the top? I think so. And that there's no way they'll be able to get over I, on, I on their own? I don't really think so. I may have to kind of disagree. Well, disagree with Terry a little bit. I think Triple H seems like a guy he has more more faith in the talent than let's say someone like Vince McMahon does. Vince McMahon always kind of like likes a certain build or a certain look in a guy. He was always a body guy. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of these bigger a lot of these bigger guys they get over like a Braun Strowman or whatever, yeah. Baron Corbin, those bigger Drew. guys. Drew McIntyre. Yeah. <laughs> but I think Triple H, you know, he's got guys that kind of that don't fit that mold and He's put more faith in them to kind of get out there and you know and progress and become bigger stars. Mm-hmm. So I think, to me, he's one of those guys that has a little more you know 
has a little more faith in the superstars than say someone like Vince McMahon does. Because let's say someone like uh, Kevin Owens or Finn Balor or Gargano, even Gargano or, uh, Cedric Alexander yeah. at the time. Yeah. Those guys don't all look alike. Right. And, but they all have a very you know specific skill set, specific presentation mm-hmm. as to how they perform their moves and whatnot. And they're all great in the ring. Mm-hmm. Okay. So on that, let me ask you this. How, how how much influence do you think Shawn Michaels played in that? Because Triple H and Shawn are real tight. Shawn was never a body guy. Yep. But Shawn probably one of the best workers ever in history of wrestling. Yeah, you look at a guy like uh, Adam Cole is about mm-hmm. that same mold. Mm-hmm. Probably about the same size as Shawn Michaels was back then. But if you put him on the main roster, he's going to kind of drown in the sea of bigger guys. So I think it helps if you have someone that's that's relatable Mm -hmm. or someone that kind of sees a lot of themselves in you, then you can kind of, you know, push that guy as opposed to kind of keeping him away from these sharks about here who are going to make him look smaller on the main roster Mm -hmm. and devalue that wrestler. You kind of de-push the guy if you put him out there, which is why a lot of people say, oh, don't go to the main roster. Because you might fail once you get there. Right. So. I mean, even look at Balor. He's back on NXT. Yeah. Was he floundering in the main roster? I think so. Yeah. Especially after he hurt his shoulder after being crowned the Universal Champion. Yeah. Yeah. Won the belt that night, got injured that same night. Had to relinquish it. Had to give the belt up the next day. Yeah. So. And he did have a run with the IC title, right? Yeah. It was uh, pretty brief, though, I think. Yeah. So they. Send him back to NXT where right. he can play more of his strengths yep. and, and, and work with guys who he could have some really great matches with and not, you know, flounder on the main roster with a bunch of body guys. Yeah. With that said, it, is it too many people on the current roster at WWE? I mean, they're running just, just the two, well, they're running three shows Raw, NXT, and SmackDown. That's right. Um, but Whereas, it's all within the same facility. Yep. All, all at the Performance Center in Orlando. And see, AEW, is, I think they're doing their thing still out of Jacksonville. Yeah. So is it essentially three different rosters? Like, do you, do are you assigned it's to? pretty much. Not, uh, to but, one over the other? But there's, but there's some overlap, though. Yeah, because you, just like last night, Sasha Banks wrestled the NXT Women's Champion, mm-hmm. Io Shirai. When I say last night, I mean Wednesday as of this recording. Mm-hmm. We we may release this episode two years from now. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway. So yeah, there is overlap. And just like I said, Charlotte Flair was a Raw superstar who was the NXT Women's Champion. Well, I'm talking about between the three. Between the, th- the threes. There the, is overlap. Sometimes. I'm, I'm right. talking about, yeah. Are you but like. See, it, it's easier us to three, do. Would we be designated one over the other or is it this week you might you might be on raw it i think it depends on the character and storyline because there was a storyline where nxt invaded smackdown and raw mm-hmm. but this was because of uh difficulty some of the wrestlers had getting back from saudi arabia back to the states mm-hmm. so we've got these guys available they can so go to just, Raw and they wrote so that on to the fly. Feel something. Yeah. 
And then too, see, it's easier for them to have that overlap because they're all running, they're running all three shows out of the same location versus back in the day you had, you had your raw crew that would be in, um, I don't know, let's say Chicago. Then you had your SmackDown crew that would tape on Tuesday and they would be in Pittsburgh. See what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you had two different tours going on at the, at the exact same time. But now you have everybody working out of just one location. There's no travel time, really. No. You know? So it's like easier for them to have that overlap if they want to do it. And see, AEW has just the one show, so there's no overlap. Yep. It's just about what star can they help build this week? Because they got a pretty sizable roster, yeah. But they've only got one show. Well, they've got so, a- AEW Dark also. Yeah, oh, well, that that too. But and what? And NWA only has the one show. Yep, that's it. And, that, and that's out of a studio. Yep. So and Impact Wrestling, which damn, is I forgot also about Impact in the, in the studio. I forgot about Impact. Yep. I don't. I don't think wrestling will ever be like it was when, mm-hmm. we, when we were watching it. I don't think it'll ever get back to that, especially no. in the age of COVID nineteen. Um, well, it's not just that; it's because of the whole kayfabe. Yeah, kayfabe yeah. is dead. And, and Undertaker was like probably the last holdout for kayfabe up until now. He was the last one, and it all it pretty much all changed once he got Instagram. Yeah. When, when he joined got, Instagram, it's verified, like, oh, shit. Verified on Undertaker's Instagram. on Instagram. He's yep. on Facebook. Whoa. Yeah, I was like, damn. But 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 he's, you know, towards the end of his career, everybody knows Kayfabe is dead. So it's like, why, why do this? I'm a regular dude. You know, I can enjoy this shit too. So there you go. Yeah. Kayfabe is never dead. On We Like It So What? Oh, yeah. We're always in character. So, well, Jamal over there looking like a witness to a damn crime. All I can see is an outline. <laughs> I'm in witness protection he's, right now. He's over there testifying. We're recording in the dark. Sorry. <laughs> so, this episode is going to come to a close. It's been a pretty good one. Oh, yeah. We we put it down for the three count. That's right. We, did, we didn't kick out at two. That's sorry. Right. Put our finisher on it. We're crowned. The, we're crowned the victims. And it wasn't a frog splash. No frog splash here. So yeah, hopefully you guys have enjoyed this episode of We Like It So What. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at We Like It So What. So you'll be in the know on all the latest that's going on at We Like It So What Federation. What what we call it? The the We Like It So What Wrestling Federation? W L I S W WF, Jesus. We'll go I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. So yeah, you'll be in the know when all the newest newest episodes of We Like It So What are released. So I've been Jamal Murphy. I've been Eric Bell. I'm still Terry Gravel. And in the immortal words of Booker T. Hulk Hogan, we coming for you, nigga. <laughs> and this has been We Like It So What, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs>